Hey, I'm Molly. Hey, I'm Matt. I used to run an event planning business in Saskatoon, but moved away two years ago. And I miss creating, especially with Matt. I own MJ & Co, an internationally award-winning photography company. And I did not move away, but I miss Molly too. <laughs> <laughs> we are creating a podcast because we miss creating together. We'll talk about owning a business and giving it up. Family life, friends, and everything in between. Before we go any further, I would like to bring in a guest that we have with us today. She was born and raised in Saskatoon and is the owner of Euphoria Studios, a fitness company in the San Francisco Bay Area. For over a decade, she has been the leader of this company, all while raising a family and moving across the country. She has been an inspiration to me and I've looked up to her literally my whole life. Please welcome my sister, Sarah Lux. My goodness, I, I have tears. Very I, got a little choky. I got a little choked up too. What an oh, honor to no. have you on the show. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. Long time oh. listener. Excited I know. to be here. We're so well, pumped I, to have you. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you've been a listener since the very beginning and one of few. So we thank you for, for sticking with us. I love uh, whenever you listen to an episode, she's always texts me like, I love this. This is a good idea. And I truly feel like you mean it. So thank you. I do. So much for- I listen to lots of podcasts. So I mean, I'm kind of, yeah, I've been input to podcasts for a long time. So I, I love you guys. I really Aww. do. It's Thanks, Sarah. Awesome. And the quality is good. The quality is awesome. I got this roadcaster no, think- here for recording. Molly thinks Gangsta. it's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> no. Hmm. No, um, it's uh, nobody cares, Matt. We haven't actually aired that. I haven't published that uh, podcast yet where Mac was in his Matt's tech corner and he talks, he geeks out for, I gave him a minute to talk about his roadcaster because it's the worst. Anyway, you you laughed, you um, texted me laughing at the replay. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. good. Um, (laughs) So Matt and Sarah, have you guys ever met in person? Because I know you've met over Zoom before. But have you ever met? Digitally. That's it. Yes. This is it. Mm. Okay. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Welcome. This is so exciting. Okay. So, Sarah, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. And like, so I, in the intro, I mentioned that you own Euphoria Studios. Just tell us a little bit about your life. And you've had Euphoria for 10 years and lots of changes in the last two years especially this last year. (laughs) So just tell us a little bit about yourself. Cool. Well, I am very proud to be your older sister. So I'll just start with that. Um, Older and wiser, I might add. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So I've had uh, Euphoria Studios, which you mentioned is a fitness studio that's based in San Francisco for almost 10 years. And uh, two years ago, moved to the Midwest, uh, Nebraska, to be exact, for my husband's company. And still with Euphoria, still, you know, doing my all my work there. Um, and then in the last year, as you mentioned, Molly, um, coronavirus hit, you know, <laughs> and yeah, we're now a digital company. So pretty, uh, pretty different, but it's all good things that we we wanted to do anyway. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like a, a blessing in disguise, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so when you say that you're a digital company, what is what does that mean now? 
So all of our classes are now online and we're really leaning into that. So uh, early October, we're launching a whole on-demand library of hundreds of classes that we've uh, filmed and taped over the last five months. And mm -hmm. yeah, really going to grow that. Um, yeah, we're doing some other cool things online, but really transitioning to more of an online business. We closed, we had three studios. We permanent permanently closed one of those uh, a couple months ago and we still have our other two, but Mm -hmm. uh, San Francisco is not opening yet or anytime mm -hmm. soon. So, mm -hmm. so you, around yeah. here, they've switched. Some of the gyms have, or actually most of them have reopened with strict policies and procedures. Right. You're saying you haven't had one new client or one client in a, one of your spaces since March. Since March. No, the, l this week, San Francisco allowed 10% occupancy, which I mean, is really difficult. That's like one or two people per class, uh, but not allowing anything aerobic based. So we, we couldn't open. Oh, so like where you puff and puff, like where you, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's a thing. Hey, wow. Oh, yeah. Cause yeah. isn't it something like if, if somebody passes you when they're running, they can blow <laughs> onto your <laughs> face, like six, more than six feet, like 10 feet or 12 feet or something. Like they have the, okay. Do you know what I'm, t do you know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. But yeah. they have to be have a high viral load. Like they have to be pretty sick to for that to happen. Oh yeah, yeah. yes. Just yeah. in general, running's my favorite thing to do. Running's your favorite thing, Matt. When I'm sick, I like love wheezing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I just meant like normally. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's. Um, that's really interesting. I think, um, you know, we're going back to like the Jane Fonda, like, um, well, Sarah, let's do, do a little shout out to Glenn Lux, our father right oh, now, because I mean. we grew up with Glenn doing, um, like TV workouts in the basement. And so mm -hmm. do you with think Cynthia. He, with Cynthia Kerlick? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. And we, we would recreate her fitness scene with like a plant in the background. So do you think that inspired yes. you to get, to get into the fitness industry? Um, from, I don't know, like did yeah. that play into it at all? No, for sure. I actually hadn't thought about it that way, but yeah, we're basically back to dad wearing short shorts in the basement yeah. doing his videos yeah. with Cynthia. Yeah. I mean, for sure. An inspiration. I mean, both of our parents are very inspirational people, but I think, <laughs> yeah, dad did that. And then, I mean, he, well, if you ask him, he created the first Bowflex, which he really did. Mm -hmm. It's It was like a oh, slightly different product, but yeah, I mean, he's, and he biked across Canada. I mean, he's, he's a fitness nut. He so yeah. Built his own bike. <laughs> yeah. Molly told me he would crush like 24 beers a day while <laughs> biking across the country. Because he wouldn't take any water. No. So you have yeah. to rehydrate in some way. So he would drink beer and coffee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah he would, Science. he would at night go to like the motel and drink like 12 <laughs> beer and then all morning drink coffee. And we're like, how much water are you taking? He's like, I'm not drinking any water. This is my hydration. <laughs> True story. I mean, Coors Light is pretty, yeah, pretty hydrating. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. Um, so what, um, I guess this question might be hard just because we're in a pandemic, but what has been the hardest part about owning your business um, in general, mm -hmm. pandemic aside, and then maybe over the last six months? Yeah. 
I think any business is about people at the end of the day. And I think that that's the hardest part and also the most rewarding part, mm. I would say. I think uh, so pre-COVID, we were at 110 employees. Wow. Most of those are part-time, but it, that's a lot of people, right? And that's a lot of schedules and a lot of life uh, things. So yeah, I think definitely the people side is always the most challenging. Um, there's always challenging things with each, within each industry. I mean, yeah, having a brick and mortar, you know, and, and making sure that people are coming in every day and you're making more money than you spent, you know, all of that. But I think it really comes down to, you know, people. Um, but the flip side is that that's like my favorite part of the business always has been is getting to know different people. And in our business, we have had just, you know, remarkable talent come through our door on the rock stuff rock star side of things. So that's like our teachers. And then also on the concierge, which are the people that man the desks and do all mm-hmm. the, you know, cleaning and transition and sales. So, and then, you know, all the HQ team is really, really cool, interesting people. So I, mm. yeah, I've learned so much over the last 10 years from them. And so that's when, been the most fun and most rewarding part. When you started out, were you the face? Like, were you running any classes yourself? No, I've never taught a class. I'm just a professional class taker. Okay, so like you, so this is like, this is foreign to me as like a a business owner myself. Like you actually started something that you had to build, build the team around. Um, You weren't the one doing the, you know, actual service side of it. (laughs) I don't want to say that because it's not, as we both know that is like, (laughs) well, that's the hard part is the people, right? So um, I was going to ask a question. How do you transition from that? But how do you, how do you just go do that? How do you just go find an idea like that and then be like, okay, I'm going to like, what did the first class look like or the first month look like? Oh my gosh. The first year Matt looked like a whole bunch of randomness. We had like hula hooping and kettlebells and TRX (laughs) and cycle. We, if you named honestly a fitness trend, we probably did it. And I think that was just so ridiculous on our part to open without really knowing what we were going to do. I mean, on the one side, you know, we just threw spaghetti at the wall and, and we're able to see what stuck. And I mean, that's really truthfully kind of what happened. So after that first year of having a million kinds of classes, not exaggerating, then one, we literally started a with one dance, literally. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we had a Zumba class, which I like, didn't even know what Zumba was. And it's a music-based cardio kind of dance class. And we right away, that class filled up and was waitlisted. And and we were like, okay, maybe people like good music and they want to dance. How can we bring that to more formats? Because dance um, was something, again, foreign to me. I'm not a dancer. Molly can verify. I try. But. <laughs> and so we then took that same philosophy of choreography and great music and brought that into our strength class and then ultimately our cycling class too. So we have those three classes, dance, cycling, strength, um, all with really good music and choreography. And that's, yeah. Kind of what we do. Yeah, so, I would say that Euphoria Studios, um, it's just like super gritty and the dancers are, um, I don't know how to describe them, but they're just phenomenal dancers. Oh, sorry, I'm saying dancers, but I mean the instructors, um, the rock stars and um, like your underground studio, um, your spin studio is just, it just has like a different feel than I've ever felt going into a studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, so I, I remember you saying at one point, and I'm sure this is still true, but all of your rock stars were like, um, previous, um, like professional dancers. 
which is so yeah, cool. Yeah, a, a lot of our talent um, come from the dance side, even if they don't teach dance, if, even if they teach the other formats. Everybody who teaches at Euphoria has music in their background somewhere. Mm. So some play instruments, some DJ, some dance, uh, some are athletes, but then also super musical too. So there, that's a real strong <laughs> part of what we do is everybody has to be really versed in music and understand how music works and how you really can listen to music and and a lot of them create their own music so yeah that's a huge mm. part of what we do um and how i know euphoria studios uh you know i think one of your main pillars or whatever you want to call it is community um so how are you kind of transitioning how are you having that community feel um now that everybody's online it's hard. I won't lie. That's been a huge mm-hmm. challenge for us. I think one of our founding kind of pillars or principles, like you said, from the start has been in-person community because I think the Bay Area, but everywhere, people are less connected to each other, um, certainly in a you know big center like that where you spend a lot of time commuting, a lot of time working. You're not having that same kind of social time that may be you had when you were younger, when your life wasn't as crazy. So that's really what we were trying to provide with Euphoria was a place where people can do something fun together and sweat and have all the benefits of exercise, but then also you know, meet other real life humans and you know, film or form relationships with them. So that's honestly the, one of the biggest challenges of going online. I think we're we were very intentional about using Zoom as our platform to for our live classes, which isn't a great, um, you know, video. Uh, I don't know, Matt can speak more to this. Like the the quality isn't always as great, but there is the chat option and the camera option of our teachers being able to see each other or see the clients and then clients see each other. So I think that's been pretty great. I think it's a hard thing to bring somebody into if you weren't part of Euphoria mm, before to join yeah, and feel connected. And so, yeah, we're trying to do more and more um, stuff around that. Uh, it's hard. Yeah. I, I don't mm. have the answer. Yeah, <laughs> Anyone else there listening? <laughs> hit me up. It's, it's hard. Yeah. Working on that. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. for sure. So do you think that digital fu- is like the future of it? Like I know just last week, Apple came out with their Fitness Plus, which is like sort of like modeled off the Peloton. I mean, I assume... I assume mm-hmm. they took some inspiration from Peloton system. Right. If you don't know what that is, it's like, <laughs> yeah. a, I think Molly has it, the monthly mm-hmm. subscription. So you have the bike and you do the classes and they're live, right? They can be they can or, yeah. or on demand. Yeah. I don't know if Apple's is, is live, but it's like, it's like obviously if a big company like Apple's going to do something like that, like this is something people are wanting. Like they have a mm-hmm. lot of like what they hire, have like 12,000 people on staff at their place in, uh, in near yeah. where you are or well near where your studios are, studios right. are and it's like you know yeah. do you see the potential for that is that like would a goal of yours to be local would a, would a goal of yours be to just get as many people as possible like I think of a practical example like I'm at a wedding yesterday and some of these people are like ripping up the dance floor and I'm like man I wish <laughs> I could do that and now I'm thinking oh if I took your classes I could get fit and also tear up dance floors and people would be like you know <laughs> Love it. All those are true. You can join anytime, Matt. I'll hook you up. Yeah, I think, I think 
that's the that's a challenge. I mean, communities, I would say one challenge. Another huge challenge is now we compete against free, which is YouTube and everybody else out there, and Peloton, which is pretty low cost and great production. I mean, they've, they've taken a lot of investor money and, and now Apple, you know. So, yeah, we are actually more uh, competing with all those big companies. But I think at the end of the day, when you find something you enjoy doing, you'll actually stick with it. And that's been our philosophy from the start. So I think if you're really musical, you want to dance, Euphoria has a great product for that. And even if you don't want to dance, but you want the musicality in other genres, then we got you covered. I think Peloton is great. I, I do Peloton too. And um, they're, they're just, you know, it's a different slice of the fitness uh, spectrum, right? So mm-hmm. I think everybody has to really dial in what they're doing more and more online because there are there is more competition. Um, but I think that's always a good thing. I mean, you, you want competition. You want to see, you know, you said like Apple probably took a lot from Peloton and I think we're all learning from each other. Like during the pandemic ongoing, I take classes from studios that I would never get to go to in New York, uh, LA, Miami, right? These places that like I can't travel to on a regular basis and take in life person classes. So hmm, yeah, there's lots of advantages to yeah, to having everybody be digital. I think there's definitely more competition, but I don't know that that was really different, you know, when there was brick and mortar too. And I actually think me personally, as a mother and three little kids, like, you know, when you work and you have kids and you guys get this too, um, you don't have a lot of extra time. So your workout time might be 5am, it might be 10pm. And it's hard to find live classes at those times Mm -hmm. and also make the time to you know, get up, drive, come home, whatever, shower. Uh, so having the ability to just turn something on if you have 20 minutes is, mm-hmm. you know, a huge advantage, I think. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there's pluses and negatives, but this so what's industry your- is, is here to stay. And I think um, I think it's all pretty exciting, but yeah, lots of challenges too. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that community because I'm like very interested in like how you actually engage people. <clears throat> like, would you use like challenges like, you know, just what comes to mind is like, you know, I wear a heart rate monitor, I press record, and then everybody posts their average heart rate for the class. Even if they're not doing it live, they could somewhere connect and do, you know, a 20 day challenge or a five day challenge. Mm-hmm. Like, are you, is that, are you doing that? Or are you finding success in things like? Yeah. When- so our, our philosophy has been pretty low tech, although we are exploring um, some different kind of platforms now that are integrating heart rate more into workouts. Cause we all know that that's a good motivation for a lot of people. I think our style because it's more dance is um, you know, it's kind of harder to quantify some of that. I think a lot of the reasons why people do these is because they want to disconnect and they just want to feel the mm-hmm. music and feel the beat and just mm-hmm. move their body and not care about the heart rate and calories and all that. But um yeah, I think that they're, they're, the way we do challenges often are more around charity. We've done, you know, different things where you take as many classes as you can. You're on a different team with, you know, other people and you're trying to, you know, beat the other team and that kind of stuff. Um, we are exploring more of the more traditional kind of fitness challenges like you brought up, Matt, where you're either competing against yourself or other people to, um, you know, on an individual basis. But yeah, we haven't, honestly, we haven't really explored a lot of that, so... I was actually just on Casey's team and I I was on her winning team. Casey's an instructor at Euphoria and uh, we got uh, 
an individual, like a free class with Casey. I couldn't make it. She had to reschedule because <laughs> she hurt her ankle. And then yeah. I had Jack soccer. So I didn't get to participate, but that was really cool. Like I thought that that was, you know, yeah. like, like I, I really tried that week because you got so many points for posting on Instagram, your, you know, what classes you took and anyway, we won. I was yeah. very proud of yeah. our team. I didn't know anybody <laughs> else on it. Um, but then Casey, you know, she like emailed and set up the class. It was just really cool. It oh, definitely cool. had a sense of community, even though I had no idea mm. who anybody was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, huh. I like well, that. Well, that's, that's actually a really good feedback, Mel. I, oh. I didn't know that, so <laughs> thank you. Hey, I could, right here. I could uh, you know, do some community stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I was just telling Matt, I was like, I need I need to work a little bit more. <laughs> I'm just texting him about that, so. Oh, anyway, you need more. If you're, if you're hiring, yeah. luck. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, I think you guys are onto something really big. I think that that is a big challenge in this digital world. And I think in this time when we're on zoom calls all the time, it's, it's hard to engage and feel connected when mm -hmm. you've been staring at a screen for a number of hours before. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think mm -hmm. it's, it's a challenge we're all trying to figure out, but I think the flexibility and the um, ability to just dial in what you want when you want is, is kind of where things are going. So, yeah, I have to say, I love the on-demand stuff because, mm -hmm. and you don't need childcare. You can just work mm -hmm. out whenever your kids can be there with you. Like it's, or be like I, me and just leave your kids at home. <laughs> yeah. Matt's in this new parenting age or whatever stage age. <laughs> where his kids are old enough to stay by themselves. Well, except for Lucy, but the two older ones. Yeah. The dream. So is this like opened up some new opportunities for like, you know, your older service model, I assume, was just a subscription-based or a class count-based, like a punch card sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I think of online and I'm like, you know, in the online world, there's so many people offering like really expensive premium products that are like, you know, a six-week thing or a three-month thing. And, uh, you know, they include one checkup a week and then there's like a group for that that run, you could call it. You know, are these, are you thinking of new opportunities to repackage your services? Cause like, I think, you know, if you had like, you know, it, it just seems interesting. Like you could have a product that you sell, um, that you'd never have to work for again and maybe just manage that community side. And I think that community side is probably like the, the one component that people want the most, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, yeah, that's a great point. Um, so our on-demand library that we're launching in early October, we're using Vimeo OTT, and it's a great platform. Um, it's very common in the fitness industry now, and they do it's it, they make it really easy to sell a series and different kind of challenges. So we will start to do more of that. So prepackage like new to dance, and you know you daily mm -hmm. get builds kind of your stamina and your experience. So at the end of that week or 14 days or whatever, you're like basically can take anything, any dance class. So we're, we're working on different things like that. I do think that that's um, really helpful for a lot of people. Our philosophy from, you know, the start has really been accessibility. So yes, we're based in San Francisco, but our classes have always been really affordable and accessible from a, you know, monetary standpoint, but also an ability standpoint that, that was really important to us and really intentional to make sure that our classes were never, 
either, you know, you don't need to have a six pack to start coming to Euphoria, which, you know, a lot of our competitors, um, you basically do, or, you, you know, that's mm-hmm. the image that they portray. So mm-hmm. I think like we want to be able to be accessible for anybody to just jump into any class. But I think there are some advantages to um, repackaging things so that there is some progression or some more community built in. So yeah, definitely something we're looking at. Yeah, that's a, re- that's a really good point. Because I think, uh, well, uh, some of your rock stars are like, tell us of some about some of your rock stars, like, um, where their backgrounds and it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I would say, you know, the last year, uh, quite a few of them are more, have more traditional, like nine to fives. Um, mm. we, I would say of our rock star team, we maybe had 50 rock stars. I would say only 10 were professional fitness people. Uh, the rest mm-hmm. were, you know, had nine to fives and did this kind of on the side, but those professional people, um, you know, one's a DJ, a couple were dancers. So they would teach at Euphoria, but then also teach at ballet cl- studios and, and do more kind of traditional classes. Um, we've had lots one of guy, professional athletes. Oh, one guy yeah, from right. Hamilton. Oh yeah. So that's actually a great, yeah. So that I was going to bring that up when we were talking about the advantages of being digital. So he's in New York, never met him in person. He's never been to euphoria, but a connection through another rock star. He was, yeah. Dancer and choreography, a choreographer for Hamilton. And so we've done a bunch of going ham, right. Or sorry, dance classes. And they're hugely popular and successful. He's a great teacher and he's somebody that he's actually from San Francisco and he's going to be moving back sometime um and so he's gonna be on the team for a while so he has a permanent class now on the schedule but yeah a lot of our teachers are now not in the bay area which is really cool because yeah yeah it kind of opens up the doors for talent too which is really neat Mm, that's really interesting Mm -hmm. um okay so what has been so we talked about what the hardest part about owning your business which was you know the people um, but what has been the best part about owning your business? You probably say the people, <laughs> did I steal your answer? Yeah. But more so like, um, from an owner standpoint, like, um, from you, what yeah. has been the best part for you? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it is the people and the clients. I think, mm-hmm. you know, Palo Alto was our first studio and I was there when we opened, I was there every single day for the first year. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I really got to know people like on a pretty deep level. I mean, we had lots of clients coming daily. And so I would hear about their marriages and their children and, you know, more than I ever wanted to know from a lot of them. <laughs> but it was really, you know, really cool relationships that formed that I would never have met these people. I mean, the, Palo Alto is a pretty interesting town where, you know, we had a lot of, you know, big name people, let's just say that would come to the studio and, you know, I would never meet these people in my regular life. And so, mm-hmm. Um, that was neat. I think for me personally, as a business owner, it's the growth of the people on our team. So you brought up Casey. She started at Euphoria as a concierge. Then mm. she became a studio manager, and she's a rock star, and she's phenomenal. And now she's uh, our VP of operations. So her, you know, her rise within Euphoria has been um, pretty exciting to see. She's really talented, great to work with. Um, you know, there. I would say, yeah, I would say the people uh, make it for me and make it why, you know, why I want to keep doing this and having this company is definitely the people. Oh, that's so cool. I, um, it's so, so great that you've, you know, had Euphoria for 10 years. Do you think you'll continue on 
for another 10 or 20? Do you think you'll always have it? Or what's the, what's the, your goal? Yeah. Hi, Jack. Um, <laughs> yes. I, 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 you know, if you would have asked me a year ago, I would mm-hmm. say it, it's pretty hard to have a service-based business in a state that you don't live in. Um, mm. And that was starting to feel like I definitely was feeling the drag of that. I mean, I had absolutely no connection to the classes or the people unless I was there taking you know, being there. And so now being digital, I take classes all the time and that it's really changed the relationship that I have with my own company, which sounds very weird, but, uh, yeah, I definitely, and I'm more excited now than I have been in a while just because I I personally, I love working on new projects. So um, another thing we're doing is a teacher training platform and program to teach fitness people how to really be good teachers and teach music based platform, um, music based formats and Mm -hmm. that's pretty kind of unique and yeah that's something that we would we've wanted to do for a long time but never gotten around to it so yeah I definitely think I'm more excited about the future of euphoria than I have been in a while I think it's you know after 10 years things you know change and for sure and and just not being there has been a huge it's really hard right so So where do these ideas um, come from like you said this new idea to teach people how to be a teacher like uh you just like wake up and you're like I need more staff that are qualified <laughs> I'll make may as well make it in a program like I mean do you come up with these yes. do people you get ideas from other industry do you get ideas from your staff yes all of the above um that I mean as a fitness studio owner the the hardest part is the people and talent right so if somebody you know in our business if they move let's say they get their job moves they move to New York now we're out a teacher for five days a week and that's really hard and with our formats it there it's not something that you can easily just like you know walk into there's quite a bit of training that that we have for our teachers so it's a need that any any studio owner has um, but I think my vision with our teacher training program is that we can train all these awesome people, you know, Euphoria can selfishly take the best. And then we can also then help and support the rest of the, the studios, like wherever, because that's a pain point for everybody. So that idea was something that, you know, I think internally I say we, but there's been a bunch of us who've wanted to do this for a long time, but when you don't have the need and, you know, you never have the time. So now that we have both the need and the time um, because we're all digital, then yeah, we're finally going to make it happen. So yeah, ideas come from all over. So here's a techie kind of question. Don't roll your eyes too hard. There we go. (laughs) More so like, you know, you've had to adapt from just content that's done like live to recording it to when we, the reason we talked was to help build out like a live studio, um, which I'm assuming you've kept kind of iterating on and growing and probably had some things that have worked have and some things that haven't worked. Do you see like a future where there's like, um, you know, you own studios all over or you own one main studio. And when I say studio, I mean like a recording space. And then you have special talent come in, like your guy who did the Ham. What was the Hamilton guy name? Uh, Preston. Preston. So you have a guy like Preston fly into San Francisco. He spends two weeks in studio. He makes ten modules, whatever. Do you see that as like a, you know, uh, I mean, I guess um, part of your offering, or would you do you see that as something you would hire out as far as? You know, to, you know, I saw Apple's preview of their fitness and it was like, it was pretty darn good. Like, and Peloton's is really yeah. good. Like, I don't know. Do you, would you rather do it yourself? Would you rather hire someone else? 
Yeah. So, I mean, Matt, that brings up a good point that that's how we met was, uh, thank you very much. You gave me a bunch of your time to tell me things that I had to buy to go digital. And that was really helpful. We were still using all the stuff that you suggested. We, we did have like a local guy set it up. Um, it was great, but yeah, I think yes, long-term I'd love to have, um, dedicated space for recording. Again, I hope that our you know, on-demand product is as successful as I think it can be and can warrant that. I think it's right now we're doing like a hybrid approach. So some of the classes we record ourselves and some we're having a local video production team do. So I think, you know, if, if we get to the next level of our you know, on-demand subscriptions where we have thousands of members, then yeah, I think we can easily make that transition to having like really high quality. I, I personally, and I, I know this as a fact that, you know, it's not always the quality when it comes to fitness. I take a lot of classes that, you know, I'm like, this girl is in her bedroom and, you know, the camera angle is terrible. I can't hear her very well, but the class was awesome. You know, the, the, she was awesome. The content was still awesome. Now, will I pay for that every week? Maybe not, but I think that there are some trade-offs, right? I think Peloton, as you mentioned, has like the setup. It's beautiful. There's never any issues. Now, do I love all, you know, I basically am all I know is I only take one teacher and, you know, I don't think highly of some of their other teachers because it's not my, what I want, right? I, I don't mean that Kate, in a negative way, but. Do you don't love Cody? Um, you talk, you're talking about Peloton I do, coaches, I right? do. I, I think he's fun. Yes. I just. Oh my I, God. He makes my whole day. Yeah. He's I'll a, tell you a Cody story after. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, I think. There's obviously a trade-off. Like we're a small business. I don't have the pocket. No, no, no. You know, and lots of these other companies do. But I think it is more about creating value for our clients. And our clients, the Peloton market, just to keep talking about them, is, you know, typically type A. They want, you know, they want results. They want their metrics. They want all of that. And and there's a huge population of the the industry that that is like that. I mean, that's, that's why they are successful, but I think there's another big slice that wants something different. And so I think if we can continue to cater to that um, and make high quality product, I think we'll be, we'll be okay. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I got another question. You're you're making all these things. I assume you have your own, you kind of probably know we've talked about values. Me and Molly have talked about values many times, you know, how much, because you, you seem to be able to, I'm very emotionally connected to my business and you seem to be able to just like set it up and let it go. How much of you would you say is in your product? Cause you said yeah. you like threw a bunch of stuff against the wall, saw what stuck. Like, are you as emotionally connected as like a person like I would be? Or are you, are you like, okay to like, you don't care how it works. Like you'll go with what works, you know? Right. I mean, yeah. So I think that our businesses are very different, right? Like you, you, you have your hand, I'm assuming in most of the projects that your team does, right? Still to this day. Whereas like, you know, when we had our three studios open, we were doing, I don't know, a hundred, almost 200 classes a week. So like, I can't, there's no part of me in all of those 200 classes. Now, am I part of the training materials and what, you know, what we think is really important for our teachers to know and to do. Yes, of course. But yeah, I had to let that go a long time ago. I think a big part, it was very conscious again, that I didn't teach any classes. Like I wanted right from the start to not be, 
to not have that kind of dynamic of like, I'm also talent and I'll take all the best spots. And, you know, and I think that happens in some mm. places where an owner is, is the talent too. So yeah, I've been removed from the very start. So have I taken classes or seen classes where I'm, they're cringeworthy? You know, the things they're saying are things we would never want to hear. Yeah, of course. I've, I've experienced all of that. But I think for me, it's more important that even if somebody maybe isn't perfectly on our Euphoria brand, but has the ability to connect with clients and provide a great experience and create the kind of community that we're going for, then to me, that's more important than did they do the warm up for four minutes? No, they, they did a two minute warm up and they jumped into something and, you know, maybe that wasn't the safest and, you know, there's going to be follow up for that. But at the end of the day, I think it's most important that they're using music to motivate the class and all those other things I just said and creating community than it is that they're exactly following the script that we want them to. So yeah, I think I have touches and different things. I feel very strongly about classes and, you know, the content and that kind of stuff, but can I be involved in everything? Heck no. And yeah, there's just no way. If you were to describe your personality in like a phrase or a sentence, like what kind of person are you? Molly. <laughs> yeah. Let Molly do it. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, Sarah, did you listen to that bitch sesh with June Diane and she was doing a spray tan in the tub oh. while doing the zoom call? That was, that's you to a T. <laughs> I'm so surprised that you're not doing four other things right now. I told Matt, I was like, she, I, if there's one way to describe you, it's like you do so much in a day and you're multitasking all the time. She'll often call me while she's eating. And I'm like, call me when you're done eating. She's like, I don't have time. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> Quite so, my, you know, I do eat a lot. So <laughs> fair enough. Um, but your personality is like, um, I would, Oh, this is like, just, um, or maybe even like, like goes for it. Like doesn't hold back. Yeah. Just kind of like, doesn't care what anybody like if you think that that's the best way to go for it and that's like a great leader, you're going to go for it and you're not going to doubt yourself. Self. You're just going to go for it. Hmm. I, Very yeah. kind of you to say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I don't know. I try yeah. to have, I think fun is like, I mean, that's a huge oh, part yeah, of me. That is, and I think yeah. that's me. Yeah, like that's I, true. I just always want to be having fun. Like I don't want to mm -hmm. do anything that's not fun in life mm -hmm. ever. And mm -hmm. so you know, I think that's why I love having kids. I love, you know, we were at a pumpkin patch for like three hours and I was like not wanting to leave. And my kids are like, we're tired. I'm like, no, I haven't gotten <laughs> apple donuts yet and rode the train. We're not leaving. So yeah, I think like, yeah, it's just fun. I want to have fun. That's important to me. Mm, that's a good point. You do. You always do like to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It's great quality. Yeah. It, not everybody likes to have fun. Surprise, like, believe it or not. You all think you maybe want to have fun, but you're like, life gets in the way or you're tired or you're busy or you're, you know, there's mm -hmm. excuses. But like if, yeah, if we could all just kind of just have fun, wouldn't life, wouldn't the world be a better place? That's like such a good, <laughs> good point. I like that. <laughs> Matt, you look really, really deep into thought. I'm Holy totally cow. deep into thought. It looks like it hurts, actually. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> it looks like you're straining yourself. What are you, what are you thinking about? Um, transformational <laughs> oh. stories. Oh, I was, yeah, oh. I thought you were going to say like, ah, uh, really nothing. <laughs> I was thinking about how trains, <laughs> that's just my face. how long it takes to tra train to, no, I'm just kidding. 
I'm making a guy <laughs> joke. There's this funny skit where it's like this this lady looks at her fiance or something. He's like, what? She's like, what are you thinking right now? And they're having this romantic date. And he like says, well, I was thinking about how like, you know, there's some technical thing. Like he was just totally daydreaming about something. And I just was. You're oh, dreaming about the roadcaster. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tech. Oh, yes. Sarah, shout out to Rob in case Rob's listening. I don't think yeah. he's one I of think our he is on the listeners. other side of the wall. But yeah. okay. <laughs> he's live. Wow. Rob, yeah, Rob, live. Rob goes into these zoned out looks similar to what Matt just had. Maybe not as painful as Matt's face was, <laughs> but I mean, that's just a Rob. So Sarah, you're, you're used to that. I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's do it. Let's do the transformational story. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to hear, um, and you know, you say you like fun and you know, I don't know a lot of people who don't like fun. And in, I'm but there's assuming, a lot of serious people. Yes. I'm assuming in pursuit of, uh, hedonism like just fun and um all that there's some trying times like when's tell us a story about like the most uncertain um well, it doesn't even have to be uncertain it's just like something that was like you didn't know how it was gonna turn out and it just and how it unfolded i don't know like, this could be like a story about you it could be a story about building your team i don't really want to guide it much more than that but. Were you gonna say something else? I was just gonna say, or like moving across the country when you're when your company's in a different state. Yeah, that was. I would say actually, recently was just the pandemic. Like I, you know, I didn't know what to, we were on vacation. Um, like snuck that in um, right when like things really hit, and so we were closing studios. You know, just like go to the pool with my kids and then spend hours on the, on the phone with my team. Like, what do we do? Do we close? Before we were forced to close, we were like, what do we do? So I think that was definitely like a pretty tough time, just the uncertainty. Um, But pretty, yeah. So I think for me, when things, when it's just not clear, I mean, that was, I think that was hard for everybody. So maybe that's not a good example. Like no one knew what was really going to happen, but I think. But I do care about your experience in that. Yeah, like, my stress. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think, um, you yeah. know, sometimes we, we we turn this whole global thing into like, you know, we make it about everybody, but like everybody still individually feels it mm-hmm. and it's, it's still 100% right. unique. Right, right. Yeah, I think it was, for me, it was just the scary unknown of like, you know, what is going to happen. You know, the, on the one side, I was like, okay, my company's done. Like, wh- how can we, you know what exists I have to lay off 110 people like this is awful and of course nothing and my husband um Rob who's been a huge part of Euphoria install is he often says like nothing just ends you know there's always like a a trail so we got time you know he he helped a lot through this I mean he was dealing the same thing you know with his company too of like what the heck do we do as everybody was but yeah I think like just realizing that things don't just stop overnight and that you do have time to figure this out and that you don't have to make all the decisions right now. Um, I think one thing on a business level, like that we did really quickly, which I I hope that most business owners did is, you know, stop paying rent and just like, you know, trying to figure out what you can pay and what you can't and deferring as much as you can. And and that all just buys time. So I think like that was a big lesson to me of like, I don't need the solution today or tomorrow or even like, maybe in a couple of weeks, but let's buy ourselves as much time as we can. Let's spend as much less money as we can and just try to figure it out as we go. And yeah, I think that was kind of like how we got through that, I guess, but it was, yeah. Hmm. 
sorry. I don't know if that was a good story. You can cut all that. Yeah, I like it. No, not cutting it. Chris, Chris, leave it in. Leave it in. Um, yeah, I find actually I like that whole idea of buying time because I like I I also felt that like there was a clock ticking, mm-hmm. and then I like and now the government of Canada had a lot of good programs for people like me. Um, mm-hmm. and That's great. That, like the first thing I did was buy time, like defer our mortgage and. Um, yeah. our landlord was really good about it. I mean, I, I know that not everybody's landlord was, um, so helpful. Uh, and then there was grants and then there was like, personally, I could get this grant. And then there was a loan for people who had employees and because we have a real team and not just subcontractors, like right. we got some, like we got put into an actually decent position. Right. And yeah, now, but like a lesson learned for me for sure is like, don't be, never put yourself like always give yourself a bit of runway. And so like, we've been like holding right. on to cash and you know, it's, it's like for, for me not being like the business part or the business part of it, not being so important to me. Um, it always felt secondary. Now I'm like, Hey, we need to always have, um, right. room to not be, you know, under <laughs> Go pressure Matt. Go Matt. because you make emotional decisions when you feel under pressure and 100%. Those, you, don't those, buy another roadcaster. Don't well, need it. That was my birthday present, but, um, <laughs> you know, but like you might discount something or, you know, and pay yeah. for it later. Like I know a photographer who like did four sessions for like the price of one. If you prepay and now it's like, great. Um, now you have the cash, you spend right. it and now you got to deliver on all this mm-hmm. work. And yeah, I was like, okay. Right. And I didn't do that. And then, you know, mm-hmm. if you do that, then you would, you wouldn't qualify for the grants and loans. And I was like, okay. Right. But like, yeah, not to like, I feel like that buying time and like, even just like always being in a place where there's like some room you get to right. avoid making emotional decisions that like could be um, right. bad. So, yeah. And I think as, as entrepreneurs, we all kind of know this, but I mean, there's rules and they're meant to be followed. I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't like, pay your taxes or something like that, but there's always wiggle room. Right. So I think that's something that I've certainly learned over these 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like, again, I'm not saying that we don't pay our bills cause we do, but <laughs> there's ways, you know, there's certain things, there is always flexibility. And I think I, I've learned that for sure mm-hmm. over the last 10 years that there's, there's negotiation that can al- almost always happen. I mean, right. we're still in negotiation with our landlords and it's ongoing, but you know, you, you try to always figure out, you know, who has leverage and what leverage you do have and, you know, try to use that as best you can. But I, I think some people think, you know, you have to do everything by the book and you, mm-hmm. you don't. Right? I would say you that was, that one is one way to do it. That is one part of your personality uh, is your rule breaker. <laughs> like you don't follow <laughs> rules. You don't really care about them. If they don't work for you, you're going to find some way around that. And I think if, if mom and dad are listening right now, that was like <laughs> your teenage years I'm to a T. A you did not yeah. follow any rules. And you remind yeah. me a lot of my, of Nora, which terrifies, mm. or Nora reminds me a lot of you, I should say, which terrifies me. Um, yes. Okay. I have one last question for you. Matt's going to ask you something. And then we're going to go into a rapid fire question session. Oh dear. Um, Matt, if you're looking at the Google Doc, I'm highlighting your no, not your printed. Oh my gosh! Um, so this is your this is your question that I'm going to highlight. Um, but I'm going to end it off with um, looking back from when you started Euphoria Studios almost ten years ago. What is one piece of advice you wish, or you would tell yourself 
Uh, if you, if you could, if you could have given yourself a piece of advice when you started, what would that be? Hmm. That's, I should have anticipated this question coming. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I mean, everything like so much has changed. It's probably a hard question to answer, but I mean, I think it kind of goes back. I, I mean, I love personality tests and all the the stuff we've been talking about. I think it comes back to like your why and Mm -hmm. a huge why for me was creating community and having fun. And I think that's one thing that I I think I went into business with that and I think things change, but I feel like I've always been able to get back to that why. Mm -hmm. And, and even when, you know, we're online and, you know, things are hard and different, if I can go back to the why of having fun and creating a great community and experiences for people, then it's fun again. Right. And And I think that's what I kind of just learned this last year was like, how do I do that in a way that works for me being remote and I can still, yeah, I'm still connected and and, and it's Hmm. fun. So. Ah, I really like that. I need to find my why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, yeah. You never have with a why. You have lots of why. You have know. lots of why, Mal. You do. Of course, you do. Anyway, I mean, yeah, I'm making myself sound a lot smarter than I am. No, you are smart. I saw that YouTube video too. Which one? I'm just. She said she's felt a lot smarter. Whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm just making jokes. <laughs> Bad joke. Um, Sarah. This is a yes. question. We're going to dig a little deep here. Um, maybe not that deep. What's the one thing people might not know about Molly or something fun? Some dirt. On Molly? Yeah. I mean, like I've, I've known her for like nine years, I think. Yeah. I think it's nine years actually this winter. Yeah. Um, I only see the version she puts in front of me. Yeah. You tell me the other side. <gasps> well, I think. Wow. Yeah, I like this question a lot, obviously. Um, I think Molly is is more creative than, I mean, all you've done or most of your work has been super creative, but have at, now that I have kids, I look back at like our childhood a lot. And I think a lot of the things that you were really into and I wasn't at all come back to your creativity, like music. I mean, you were in band and you played the piano. And like, I think of these things, but I have like a music business and I like, I'm not nearly as musical as you were. And you were always like, you always leaned into a lot of the more artistic things in our upbringing. Like, Hmm. and and I think you feel deeper about things. And I'll tell one story because that sounds, you know, I, I have to give some dirt, but I'll never forget. And it comes back to like, you're, you feel deeply about I'm things sweating. and And <laughs> no, I mean, this is, it's so cute. I remember our parents in our family home, which was actually the same home that our mother grew up in. So it was in the family for a long time. And my parents decided it was time to make some renovations to the main floor. And they took out a wall you know, as part of the renovations when we were at school and we came home and the wall was missing. And I remember Molly having this like massive reaction to the wall being gone and because you didn't have time to say bye to the wall and because you felt like you weren't prepped and you didn't have time to process the fact that the wall was going to go away. And I I do come back to that when I think about you because I think that thumbs up your, your, you care so deeply about Mm -hmm. so many things that like, again, back to my personality, like, didn't even probably didn't even know if there was a wall there honestly before that and <laughs> just noticed like it's open great but I this think, is better yeah, I think, this is better than it was this is yeah. better yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think like you just you have so much 
creative energy inside of you. And I think you always find cool outlets for it, but I think you feel really deeply about mm-hmm. things. And I, I, I think sometimes. I've, I mean, <laughs> right. But no, not too much. I mean, I think somebody like me could probably benefit from more of that. You know, I think like I glaze over things and whatever, <laughs> move on. But yeah, I, I've always I remember really actually, that. this is a neat, this is kind of a, like a, a story. Um, I remember when you had your Palo Alto location. So you're, you just opened Euphoria and you were writing checks for all your employees um, <laughs> or like printing them off. And then you were putting them yeah. in an envelope and you couldn't stuff them in that envelope because to you done is better. Like you just need to get it done. So you're on to the next thing. So she was stuffing these checks into the envelopes <laughs> and like hardly like scribbling their name on the front. And like, that was it. And I was like, do you want to put like a little note inside? Like say, thank you for your hard work. Or like, are you, are you going to like just fold it a little bit nicer? Because like these people work for you and this is like a new business. And you're like, I have so much stuff to do. Like I know, like if you want to fine, but like, I don't have time. for this. And I think that's like a good contrast between like the way uh, we probably come at things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Scrooge over here, like work no. harder and faster. Well, just like so much to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have one small little question before we get into the rapid fire and then we'll let you go because I know you're a very busy person. Um, so do you have any, as a long time, long time, one season, no, 19 two. episodes. Well, now we're into two. Listener of the Matt and Molly show. them all. What are, do you have any pointers for Matt and I? In I don't know. I don't know podcast. if I have any pointers. I, I really, really like when you guys just kind of roll with it and, and things go in different directions. But the one thing that I would love to see in a mm. future episode is one of your um, quarterly. Uh, the advisory board. Advisory. Thank you. Advisory yes. boards that you've done in the past that you guys talk about a lot. I would love to see like a live oh. version or some something like that. I think that was really something that I had never heard of before and actually inspired me to we're going to start them here. Um, cool. of mine. Yeah. Somebody who I think not for me yet, but for, we're going to start with her. So yeah, I would love to see that in. Yeah. And I, that's really, that's interesting. That would be like a very personal. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I don't know how. It really yeah, no, but I, I think, I mean, maybe that's, I think we could do it in a way that wouldn't spill all of the like financials of a, of a company, but I, I don't have a lot of beans like, get, to spill, you know, so yeah, we could you have a lot of money to spill. Like, there's a, <laughs> a lot, lot of, of accounts, coin, yeah. a lot of accounts, but I think it's interesting to pull people from all different businesses and just get their opinion on how they do things in their industry. And the, I'm sure everybody has the same problems, people, money. <laughs> so it's just how you come about it. All right. We have one, two, three, four, five, six rapid fire questions. Are you ready for this? Are we taking turns at, you're going to just do it right, right, Molly? No, let's take turns. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to go to the sheet. Are you on it? I'm on it. I'm on it. Okay. I'll do the last (laughs) one because it's not written down, but I have it in my head. Um, Janet Jackson or Michael Jackson? Oh, Oh. that's like choosing children. (laughs) Rapid fire. Oh. Not slow burn. Yes. <laughs> no. Well, no. no. Oh. Cardio or strength? Janet. Janet. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, wow. I just jumped the gun. I didn't know you like go there. Stuff. I know. I know. Okay. okay. I know. Cardio or strength? Uh, strength. 
Really? What? I'm getting old. I, You're I know. Changing, my, Lex. I know. Okay. I'm, I'm getting closer to 40. Come on now. Okay. California or Nebraska? Oh right gosh. now. I mean, with the fire. Yeah. Nebraska. Coronavirus. Yeah. Nebraska. Saskatoon really, or Nebraska? Oh, different. Rapid. You're, you're terrible. Rapid. I'm the worst. None of these. What's all this talk about your personality of just giving her and going with it? Jeez. <laughs> it's because her sister's coming up with these questions. I know that they're going to be hard for her. Um, podcast or reality TV? AKA. Oh. Would you rather listen to Bitch Sesh or would you rather watch A Real Housewives? For those who don't know. Do yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, for I mean, of- watching, <laughs> watching, you have to go live, right? Like you have to go to the source. So okay. yeah, watching reality. But Bitch Sesh is a great recap. If anyone is out there listening that wants a great podcast by hilarious women and their guests. Hilarious. A recap. Yeah. Um, Real Housewives. Pod- Podcasts or music? I might say podcasts. Mm-hmm. I would get that for you. Um Okay, now another housewives. <laughs> New York. Oh, okay. Okay, New York or Beverly Hills? New York. New York or Atlanta? Atlanta. Yes. Okay. Although wow. Potomac Potomac, sorry. Uh have you been watching any of that? No, I'm just starting. Kind of getting into it. Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm excited. I'm th- yeah. I just I finished New York Atlanta and Beverly Hills. Is pretty darn good. Yeah, Atlanta's trashy and Nini's gone. Nini's gone. Okay, anyway. Yeah, Nini, <laughs> she's all gone. <laughs> um, anything else from on your end there, Matt, before we let our guest go? We're three minutes over. You know what? I think I'm good. I think we should have her on again. <laughs> I think so too. Well, you guys, you guys really, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, and I'm not, not just listening because I, you know, want to support my sister. That oh, you might have, have to been listen. how I started, <laughs> but you guys, you guys are doing a great thing. And I know you're very, very humble about your listenership, but <laughs> I think you guys are doing awesome stuff and I want you to keep doing it. I want you to grow. So, Aww. you know, however we can do that, let's do it. Thank you. But yeah. And if you want to tips on how to do that. <laughs> and if you guys want, uh, we got a promo code for Euphoria Studios. <laughs> Perfect. Matt and Molly yeah. 10. If you're listening, use that promo code when you sign up for the new Matt class. Matt and Molly 1. <laughs> Just 1%. Yeah, 1%. <laughs> Matt and Molly negative 1. <laughs> we, get the neg- we get the extra percent, though. No. I'm just kidding. It's not an actual code. We're basically a charity. I'll take your money. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, Lux, for coming on the podcast. Yeah. We love you so yeah. much. I th- I've talked about Matt. T- I've talked about you to Matt, like, nonstop and... I just and vice love, versa. love you and oh yeah. love you too. Yeah. And uh, I miss you. I miss you too. You know, this was fun. I mean, we'll see. yeah, I could do a podcast with just a few more if that meant we could talk. <laughs> well, that's why Matt and I started. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. We had like, it was like that relationship where it's like, you know, you only really talk when they're in town, which is fine because we're the kind of people we can pick up where we left off. Mm-hmm. Right. And then now it's like, oh, I, I'm hanging out with Molly as much as I hang out with people who live here. And it doesn't yeah. in my brain feel any different. Actually, it feels even yeah. better because we're doing something creative, you know? Right. 
So. Well, that's like the happiness podcast. I mean, yeah. two sisters, that's why they started it. So, Yeah. I, I'll do a podcast with you. Well, if you Ooh, need some tech advice, I'm happy to yeah. help. Can you, can you produce it, please? We could. <laughs> We'll just, we'll ship over a mic like you have to Sarah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs>